Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. We're glad that you tuned in today. Welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. You're going to be in for a treat. Sit back, relax, or listen to this while you work out, whatever floats your boat. Thanks again for hanging with Coach Noonan on the podcast. Hey, everybody. Don't forget to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play Podcast, and several other podcast platforms along with the Anchor app. Make sure to leave us a, a review and a star rating. really helps to get us out there and also promote the awesome people that I bring on here and to help future episodes. Thanks. Are you looking for a way to sell your program and make some money as well? I've got something for you. Check out Story of the Season. This is a digital program that helps high school and college football teams share their story like never before. Each week, they collect all of your video highlights, articles, interviews, and other content and publish a digital game recap magazine that captures everything that happened on and off the field. At the end of the season, they publish a digital yearbook covering each game. The revenue schools make from selling our subscriptions and ads more than covers the production fee and provides coaches with extra funding for their program. Sounds like a pretty good win to me so far. Story of the Season requires zero effort for coaches and gives them an incredible tool to engage the world with their team. Hard to beat that. If you're interested, please contact Chris Herman by emailing chris, C-H-R-I-S, at storyoftheseason.com to learn more, or call 518-944-3311. Check him out on Twitter, at storytheseason. Give him a follow. Thank you for sponsoring the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. So Squattober finished up on the 30th uh, before Halloween. I was able to hit two PRs. One was 425-pound squat. Uh, Then the final total uh, squat was 450 pounds. Felt really good about it. Proud of myself. Really appreciate Coach Garrett Stotts for the spot and the encouragement the whole month. Looking forward to starting some new challenges. Uh, Really looking to improve my Olympic weightlifting technique And let me tell you, it's not easy. We're at a crossroads right now in America. And one of the things that I believe needs to happen is there needs to be more dialogue between people. There needs to be a putting aside of egos. There needs to be a greater emphasis on empathy on compassion, on learning how to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Just because something hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it can't or it never will. It also means that you should take the time to understand why people are feeling the way that they are, whether you agree with them or not. There's so much better that we can do. There's so much better that we should do. There's so much better that we have to do. It starts with you. That change 
you should be the change that you want to see in the world. On today's episode, we are joined by my good friend and host of the Keep Your Pads Down podcast, Coach Ty Taylor. Coach Taylor has completed 11 years of coaching. He is currently the defensive line coach and recruiting coordinator at Pleasant Grove High School in Texarkana, Texas. They were the uh, 4A Division II state champions last season, and they have also made it to the state championship three straight years, looking to take it back uh, for another year. Prior to Pleasant Grove, Coach Taylor spent six years in Kerrville, Texas at Tyvee High School as the defensive line coach and special teams coordinator. While at Tyvee, they won two district championships, made an appearance in the state quarterfinals, and advanced to at least the third round of the playoffs three times. He began his coaching career at Lafayette County, Co- County High School in Oxford, Mississippi, where they played for three straight 4A state championships, winning back-to-back undefeated titles in 2010 and 2011 with a record of 32-0. Coach Taylor is a native of Huntsville, Texas, and a proud alum of Harding University in Searcy, Arkansas, where he played defensive end from 2004 to 2008. In addition to coaching, like I said, Coach hosts the Keep Your Pads Down podcast. It's a great podcast centered around defensive line play. He releases episodes every Monday, brings in a lot of awesome guests uh, from the college, the high school, Uh, the professional ranks, even other guests uh, such as Tim Kite, who has developed the uh, E plus R equals O and uh, and other great uh, motivational stuff. Uh, Coach has also been a writer. Uh, He's written several articles that have been published in the Texas Coach Magazine, so check him out. Enjoy today's episode as I hang out with Coach Ty Taylor. Today episode we have coach ty taylor in the house hanging out with us uh coach ty taylor is the defensive line recruiting coordinator at pleasant grove high school in texarkana texas he is also uh the host of the keep your pads down podcast if you guys have not had a chance to listen to that highly highly recommend especially if you're a defensive line coach uh, or you just want to listen and get better in general thank you coach ty taylor for uh, joining us coach how are you today I'm doing good, Coach. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, you know, we, we we've been shoot, we've been we've been talking a lot, you know, since this whole quarantine and COVID time, and uh, you know whether it's um, talking about our, our uh, defensive line play, you know, you with your podcast and and me with the the Tuesday um, defensive line Twitter chat disruption chat. You know, it, it, we just had a great constant dialogue, man. I feel like because of this, because of talking with guys like you and uh, our, our our buddy Coach Irwin, I've I've gotten to be a better just defensive line and, and better coach in general, man. So I really want to appreciate you for uh, – I want, I want to thank you and, and tell you that I appreciate you for, for helping me get myself better. Yeah, man, no doubt. And, and that's that's definitely been one of the benefits of, of this coronavirus stuff is – uh, having the time to reach out and make connections with coaches. And, and you're right. That's been one of the benefits is us getting to know each other uh, through those things that you were talking about. But, you know, I want to, I want to uh, thank you. You've been, I, I don't know how you found the time to do all this. I mean, you, you've started, you got two different uh, Twitter chats going on. Uh, you, you got, um, you, know, you started a podcast and you moved 
and, and change jobs all in the last three months. So you got to be the busiest coach in, in you know, in, in all of, in all of coaching uh, these last few months. So hats off to you, man, for doing all that. And, and uh, the disruption chat is an awesome thing. You know, on Tuesday nights, I love being a part of that. So um, I, I'm glad, you know, you're finding some benefit from the, the, the podcast, but I, you know, uh, really appreciate you and what you're doing for, for our game also. No, thank you, man. I, I tell you, um, it helps that it's just my wife and I, um, and, uh, you know, we don't have any kids and we don't even have any, uh, fur babies. Um, and, you know, she's really supportive. Uh, cause I, I, I tell her all the time, I was like, Hey, you know, this stuff's not going to interfere. Um, it's not going to interfere with our marriage. I'm not putting you, uh, on the back burner behind this. And she, she encourages me, um, you know, she, she and her, her teammate, um, during this quarantine time did a really great job of, of learning new things. So I, I got motivated by her learning and I was like, you know what, uh, let me follow my buddy's advice who said I should start a podcast and, you know, just listening to yours and, and, uh, run the power, um, and, and make defense great again, uh, with coach Vass. I mean, you guys are like, gold standard podcast for me and, and I, sh I should definitely strive to get to the level um that you guys have had with consistently quality people um you know so my question to you would be where did your desire to start a podcast come from and, and how have you what have you learned um over the course of this because i think i've seen some other guys uh start some podcasts as well so yeah yeah um so it goes back uh, probably summer of 2018, I think. Um, I, I, you, you mentioned a couple of them. Uh, you know, Coach Vass, you know, back before he had, uh, before he started the Make Defense Great Again podcast, he had another one that he did, you know, through USA Football that, that I would always listen to. And then, of course, Run the Power. Uh, I, I liked, you know, the, what those guys were doing. And, and so I just always was listening to those. And, but the the problem I had was it was it was always hard. It seemed like it was hard to find stuff about defensive line play, and and so uh, that was just something I was always looking for, and and couldn't find it. And fast forward to uh, that next December January of 2019, uh, kind of the same thing. I was talking with a friend of mine right around New Year's, and just some, about some things that I wanted to do, and and uh, you know I'd done a blog before and. And written some articles and things like that but that just always felt like a bunch of work for me and it was just really uh time consuming and and not necessarily fun and um and so i was talking with this friend of mine and who, who had who had done some podcasts and things like that before and he said man you ought to try doing a podcast and i knew nothing about it i mean didn't know what it took to start one didn't know what kind of equipment you needed to have had, had never done that and um and so i, I kind of decided that's what i was going to do and research uh you know what what it took and what equipment you needed to buy and and watched a bunch of youtube videos on that and uh you know i talked to a lot of people and it was about a you know about a month month and a half long process uh to get that kind of off the ground and and um and and so it, it officially i think i released the first episode like like the end very end of february uh 2019 and we've been rolling, you know, ever since just just released episode, I think, number 67. So it's been a lot of fun. And, and you asked what I learned, you know, uh, as far as just starting a podcast goes, there's not there's not a whole lot 
to it. I mean, you, you, you can think from the outside, like, man, you must, you, you got to have all this, this, and this, and really, you really don't. Um, if, if you make up your mind that that's what you want to do, you know, get you some equipment and, you know, you don't have to break the bank doing that. And, uh, and then just, just go for it, man. And, and, um, it took me a little while to kind of loosen up, you know, I was really nervous cause you, you know, you're talking to these coaches and that's a really intimidating audience to be talking to. And, and, uh, but I think you just, I just learned just to, to go for it and, um, and, you know, have fun with it. And, and so that's, that's been one of the biggest things I've learned about just making a podcast and, and, you know, all that goes into it. But as far as the football stuff goes, learned a ton of, of, of that. And, and we don't have time for me to talk about all of that. Learned a ton there. And uh, so, so it's just been a, a really fun experience and, and I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to keeping it going. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things for me, you talked about, you know, that, that the nerves and, and interviewing and stuff and talking to coaches to me wasn't as hard. Um, it was more just the things that you have to record by yourself, whether it's just a simple intro or, uh, an update or, you know, you, you've done different little segment bits, uh, whether it's talking about what you're reading, uh, or, or some other stuff. How do you, how do you kind of listen to yourself and not be overly critical? Because in, in essence, you're just, you're trying to talk to somebody, but you don't know who you're talking to, but you, you want it to sound that way. Yeah, man. Every, every week, man, when I, I go back and listen to myself and I, I'm like, man, I sound like an idiot. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know, like sometimes I do try to be funny, uh, with, with some of the stuff that I do. And I don't know if it's funny or not. I mean, sometimes I, I think it might be, and sometimes I don't think so. And, and I don't know. Uh, but I just try to throw some stuff in there to, to, to change it up a little bit. But, uh, you know, one time or a couple of times I've had a co-host with me and I, I they kind of were there as I was sort of going through the intro stuff. And they saw how many times I had to stop and redo it or stop and ask a question again. And, and so, you know, it may come out sounding somewhat seamless, you know, when it's, when it's published, but I promise you, there are a bunch of takes and, and I mean, still, even, even now doing it for about a year and a half now, um, it still takes me a long time to get through some of that stuff and, and not, you know, trip over my words and, and all that. So it's still a process and something that, that, um, I'm still working on for sure. Yeah. So, you know, and just kind of looking at the list of people that you've had, I mean, you, you have some, some heavy hitters. Um, but what I like too is, is you've got, uh, you've got guys that are not just defensive line. You know, you have, uh, Adam Harvey on there, um, and you've got some other people, but one of the most interesting people that you had on there, in my opinion, was, uh, you know, Tim Kite. And for those that don't know him, I think it'd be hard pressed to find the the handful of people that don't and that know to, that don't know about Focus Three and um, E plus R equals O. You know, how did you get him on there? And what, yeah. um, where where did that, that? I mean, I listened to the episode, and, and um, you know obviously it's something that you guys had studied for a while and it's great stuff and it completely applies. Um, but how did you reach out to somebody like him? You know, cause that, that guy's busy. He's got a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well here, here's okay. So kind of a, a little bit of background on me. So, and we may get into this later, but um, I kind of learned early on, like in coaching, 
like, man, you can't be scared. Like, you know, you go to a clinic or a convention or something and you see this coach and he's maybe a big time coach or someone that you know of, and he's at maybe a big time school or whatever. Like you can't be scared to go up and talk to him. You just got to go do it. And, and uh, you know, it's, it, and the more you do it, the less awkward it'll be. And so now I've tried to apply that to getting podcast guests. And, and most of the time, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned this on, on the podcast. My, my favorite way of getting guests is by referrals. You know, coaches say, hey, coach, this is a guy you need to get on. He's, he's awesome. Okay, great. But sometimes, man, I'm going to just be scrolling through Twitter and, and I'll see, you know, these guys that I'm following. And if, if they have their notifications on where I can direct message them, I'm going to message them, you know. And uh, I've, I've been turned down by a lot of dudes. I've been ignored by a lot of dudes. But every now and then, you know, you message someone like that, a high-profile person, and they respond. And that's what happened with, with Tim. Uh, I just saw that, that, hey, I can direct message him. So here we go. I messaged him. And he responded and said, sure, I'd love to do it. And so that's, that was as, as simple as it was, man. It wasn't because he knew me or, or, or anything. I, I think that I benefited from you know, it being during this time of COVID stuff and he's probably looking to, to help out and, and, you know, uh, maybe he's not quite as busy as he might normally be. Uh, but that's how I got him. And I've got some other, some other guests on the, on the podcast that way, but just, you know, like they say, just shoot my shot, man. And, uh, and those guys responded and going from there. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's so, so true. You, you know, you can't be, uh, you can't be scared. Um, you know, I remember going to clinics and, and uh, you know, just going up to uh, Pete Golding, the DC at Alabama at the uh, Lone Star yeah. Clinic last summer. And had they not told us that it was time to leave, we probably would have stayed up uh, all night, uh, me and him. And there was probably a handful of other people just on the board post session. Like, and that was real. That's really where the real learning occurred. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I hope that, that we can get back to that because there's, there's something to be said about being around the whiteboard while somebody's talking and exchanging ideas. But, you know, these podcasts, the, the Twitter chats and uh, the Zoom sessions that went on and, and even the, the chalk wars that, uh, you know, Coach Matt Arafat started, those kind of, you know, helped fill the void uh, since we didn't, we all didn't really get a chance to keep this the clinic season going um and then obviously we won't be going to san antonio for coaching the school this year unfortunately um right. you know so so that that's true you know people people were, were more definitely more willing to be open and uh and and help out during this time yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah i've definitely benefited from that and and and, and have been very appreciative of that uh of guys willing to uh to, to help me out because again, I think if you approach it like, man, I'm just some podunk podcast, you know, for, you know, that whatever. And I think if you have that kind of mentality, when you, when you approach people, then, then they're not, I mean, okay. Well, they're, they're, they're not really going to want to be a part of that. But if you act like, dude, you're big time, man. Like you, if you just have that mentality of like, and I'm not saying not arrogance, but you just have confidence in yourself, then, people are going to be like, okay, you know, they're going to respond to that. So I think that's a big thing is, is, you know, even though it goes to being like, you know, maybe you're a small school guy or you're a first or second year coach. Well, I mean, you're still just, just have some confidence. And, and when you approach people and, 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 you know, I'm not talking about being arrogant, but just be confident in yourself, believe in yourself. And then, 
you know, people want to be a part of that. And I think that's been the big thing is when, when I'm, when I do talk with people is, is, you know, just, just be confident and sure of myself. And, and that usually, uh, you know, helps me out as far as getting guests to come on the podcast who are unfamiliar with me or with, with what, you know, with the show. Yeah. You know, and, and you mentioned it about getting turned down. Um, and in, in the bio you sent me, you talk about um, you volunteered at your first coaching job after getting fired that you put in quotation marks uh, from a volunteer strength coach position at Ole Miss. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, you, you sought out GA jobs and unfortunately you never got them. How much of that, how much did you learn from that versus just, you know, having, having said, yeah, here's your, you know, you got the job kind of thing. What did that teach you? Yeah. Yeah, man. So, I, my, my coaching, my starting coaching was, was, um, I'll say this, uh, the game of football has humbled me way more than it's exalted me. If that makes sense. Um, I've been humbled way more times by the game of football than I have been you know lifted up or exalted by it. And the beginning of my coaching career is a perfect example of that because, uh, yeah, so I, my first few years as I was coaching high school, my first year I volunteered and that's another story we could get into. But uh, so I, I would just uh, I would go to the, the ASCA convention uh, every year and paid for myself to go. Uh, took personal once I actually was coaching and getting paid. I took, you know, took personal days to go off because I was the only person from my staff that went. And, you know, I would uh, and I was living with my wife. You know, my wife and I we had a little bitty tiny apartment, not much money, but would um, uh, if, if it was close enough to drive to, I would drive. If it wasn't, I would fly and, and go down there by myself. Um, I think I did that like four years in a row. And, and it was a lonely, lonely feeling, man. You know, going to a big convention like that uh, by yourself is an extremely lonely feeling because all the coaches know each other and, and they're for them. And for them, it's a big time you know, social event to get back together with the guys they haven't seen in a while and, and, you know, networking, all those things. And for me, I was just some dude walking the exhibit hall. Um, and, and, uh, so that was really where I cut my teeth on, you know, like we were talking about earlier, just, just nutting up and walking up and talking to coaches and not being afraid and, 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 you know, and it wasn't like I walked up to coach and said, Hey, do you have a GA job? It was just, Hey coach, you know, I might've recognized a coach that I had seen, at a clinic or that I had some sort of connection with and just going up and talking to them and not ever mentioning, Hey, I'm looking for a GA spot. Uh, because I think that's the wrong way of going about things. And I think that's a big turnoff for guys is when you're, you know, you're constantly have your hand out looking for something just, just what, so what I learned was just to, to get over that fear of, of talking to people and just walking up and talking to people. And, um, and, and so that was, that was something that I really learned through those years. And yeah, I mean, uh, I, I emailed every Division One school in the country, and um, heard back from maybe less than a less than a dozen of them. Uh, emailed a lot of D two schools in the you know around the around the country, just looking for a GA job. And we were living in Oxford, Mississippi, because my wife was going on going to school at Ole Miss uh, grad school. And so every year I was trying to get on at Ole Miss, and I was over there, you know, at their indoor. Uh, for camps and for clinics and visiting them in the summer and watching film and, and just trying to get to know guys on their staff and, and uh, nothing ever materialized. Uh, you know, I had a few opportunities, a couple opportunities that ended up turning down, um, but nothing ever materialized out of that. But the, the, the things that I learned, just, you know, building that network and, and getting over that fear of talking with people that was, that was, has really been invaluable 
uh, as far as, you know, my coaching career goes. Gotcha. And that's, and that's awesome, man. You know, and then you talk about, um, you know, as you, as you go through, you started in, uh, in Mississippi and then you were at a uh, Crowville Tivy and now you're at Pleasant Grove and you're, you're defensive line and recruiting. Um, have you always coached defensive line and, and, um, you know, what is it about defensive line that you really enjoyed uh, as to why you keep uh, keep going at it? Yeah, uh, I uh, my, my very first year coaching, I coached outside linebackers, uh, which is really hard for me because I'd never played. I played defensive line in college. Um, and so I just that was that was what I always gravitated towards. But when when my, my very first job, they already had a, I, I was volunteering. So I, I just took what they what, what was available. Basically, uh, you had a coach who was coaching inside and outside backers in a three, three uh, scheme uh, three three stack. And so I, I took he gave me the outside linebackers. But after that, uh, moved over to defensive line and haven't been anywhere else since. And uh, what I love about it is just the. Uh, I think the mentality that comes with that position, you know, um, you talk about the offensive line, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, not being a glamorous position and the defensive line is more of a glamorous position, you know, more so than the offensive line, but on the defense, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is the least glamorous position of the defense. And, you know, obviously you have guys, you know, who, who have started give you know, brought some attention to that position, you know, on the professional level, you know, Aaron Donald, um and and uh miles garrett guys like that but but especially on our level in high school man it's it's a it's it's the position where the guys who are there gotta love playing football um there's not many kids who grow up you know playing little league football who who aspire one day to be a nose nose guard they don't um most of the time and, and especially when i was in kerrville most of those guys on our defensive line were converted linebackers converted running backs converted um we even had a converted safety one year at defensive end. So, you know, it's it's a it's it's kind of like the kids who are in the, who are playing that position are kids who really love playing football because it's not a position that's going to get a whole lot of attention most of the time. Um, and that's that's one thing that draws me to that position is just those guys, the type of kid that 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 you know usually gravitates towards the defensive line. Um, and it's just uh, I just I just love it. I I don't know. I love being you know, in the trenches and, and, and affecting the game and, and my guys, you know, having a big impact on the game, although it's a, a not a necessarily a glamorous position sometimes. Uh, it is, I think, the most important position, especially on the defense, uh, especially when it comes to, to stopping the run and getting after the quarterback. So uh, those are just a few reasons why I love the position so much. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. You know, it's <clears throat> I was talking with another coach earlier and, and uh, he was talking about how that they've had their their junior highs um, with them during the summer workouts and they have these long days and they've been working football stuff with them. And, you know, he coaches receivers. So for him getting kids to buy into uh coach, you know, getting, getting kids to buy into want to play receivers pretty easy, right? It, it's like you said, it's, it's definitely more of a glamorous spot compared to the defensive line. Um, but there is something to be said about those kids that they just have a knack for, uh, you know, putting their hand on the ground and just getting after people. And um, there, there's going to be uh, a lot more defense alignment, um, see, see bigger paydays in the NFL than probably receivers, uh, you know, cause you can see it on with the teams, man, that receiver receivers tend to be a dime a dozen. If, if Deandre Hopkins could be uh, freaking traded, you know, 
and he's a top he's a top flight wide receiver. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of defense alignment being moved that are top of the that are top of the 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 class, you know. Yeah, and I think it's just their it's the guys you know the ability to affect the quarterback and and the the game goes the offensive of game plan goes the way of the quarterback and if you have a guy or a couple of guys that can uh, affect that and, and disrupt that then then the chances of you being really good you know obviously increase so I think um, you know especially on the upper levels you know uh, college and 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 uh, the NFL you're seeing you know a um, high value placed on those guys. And even in our level, on high school level, you have a kid, you have some, have some guys that can get after the quarterback and or stop the run. Then, you know that's that's big time, and that makes uh, that makes everything just so much easier on the defensive side of the ball. So, uh, you know, every every all those guys behind them benefit from from solid defensive line play for sure. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, who do you look at? Um, you know, as far as um, you know, when you're talking with your guys, right, and mm-hmm. you're saying, okay, you know, we want to look like this, we want to try and emulate stuff like that. Who are you pointing to, uh, you know, maybe at the collegiate or the professional level? Because, you know, kid, kids seemingly more want to compare themselves to people above them versus, you know, hey, you know, we, this this school over here is doing exactly what we like to do. And, and maybe they're a, a small school or a bigger school, you know, because you and I, as coaches, we, we can see people on film and go, and that's a really quality coach line or, or coach linebackers, O-line, whatever it might be, you know. So who do you show them at the next level and the one above that you say, hey, this is what they're doing. This is what – if you want to get there, you know, do the things that this person is doing. Yeah, I don't know if there's a certain uh, person or school necessarily that I that I reference, but a lot of times when I'm going through drills and stuff, like you know, we'll be doing something, and and I'll reference this. I'll say, hey, um, you know, this is a this is an old LSU Tigers drill. You know, Pete Jenkins pinch that penny uh, when we're talking about six point explosion or stuff like that. And and it obviously helps because we have a kid who's going to LSU, so that you know his ears perk up, and I just think that gives validity to what you're doing. Or you might say, hey, you know, this is something I picked up from, you know, uh, from Texas or from, you know, they're they're doing this. You know, you can go to go over there to, to OU or whatever, and and see that they're doing the same thing. And, and so a lot of times I'll kind of say stuff like that, and it's not just smoke. I mean, if if I've, you know, I'm not going to say it if I haven't seen it. I mean, it's it's going to be legit, and that's been a benefit of of having a podcast where you're talking to a bunch of defensive line coaches is that you hear about what they're doing. And so then you can say, well, yeah, Hey, this is there. We're not just doing this here on the high school level. This is the same thing that they're doing at the division one level and even at the NFL level. So I don't necessarily, I can't say that I point to a certain player or program, but I will kind of drop, you know, some of those references, I guess, to give some validity to what it is we're doing. So they know that this isn't just some random drill that we're doing that it has, you know, it has a purpose and, and there is some um, there's 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 some valid there's it's it's valid and that we're not the only ones doing it. So yeah, well you know and, and that's and that's important because I you know for me and, and you'll probably agree with this too is coaching kids now it it's it's probably not much different in the way in which you know we were in high school and things like that. And, and uh, again, I, I heard someone else tell me this earlier. It was like. They're, the old guys are always complaining about the new guys about something, right? It's just a cycle. But 
I do feel like the kids today are more curious about why, and it's not so much a, they're not trying to usurp you or they're not trying to buck you. They're just, they're just more curious, right? Cause there's just so much more information at their fingertips and they could go and YouTube is LSU doing this drill is Georgia. Are they actually doing it? And then you see the proof. And so, you know, giving them that why and giving them that, that example of, of who's doing it. I, 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 like you said, it leads to validation and, and, and affirmation that what we're doing is necessary to be successful for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also lets those guys know that, Hey man, I've been researching this stuff. Like this didn't just, I didn't just, you know, think of this up five minutes ago before we walked out of here. Like I've been putting some thought into this and, and, and looked into this and this is what the, the top schools, you know, in our, in, in the nation, top coaches in the nation are doing. And I, I don't think, you know, I say that cautiously because I don't think you ought to just go out and, 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 you know, type in Google search or whatever, you know, Alabama defensive line drills and go, okay, there's my practice plan. Um, but I think when you do find something that fits your scheme or fits your philosophy or what you want to do with your guys, that it always helps when you can say, Hey, look, man, this is the same thing. You can go, you can go, here's where I found this drill. If you want to go find it, this is where the same thing that, that this university is doing or that these guys are doing or, or, or whatever. And, and kind of getting off topic here, but I will tell guys like, Hey, you know, uh, cause a lot of them are on Twitter. Hey, go follow this, this, you know, this person on Twitter or go check out this dude, what this dude just posted on Twitter on his video and watch what he's doing. Cause this is kind of what we're doing here. And, and just to, to give them that, that it's that extra layer of giving yourself an extra layer of credibility uh, and also relatability because now they know that, all right, coaches, you know, he's on Twitter, he's active on Twitter. He's looking up things on Twitter. So uh, I don't think that you have to do that with every drill, but it, it, it definitely helps to kind of interject that stuff uh, to give yourself an extra layer of credibility for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, how much how much time did you guys have with summer workouts, um, whether either before y'all got shut down or y'all on break this week? Um, yeah, we had we got three weeks in. Yeah, three uh, weeks in. Yeah, we had three weeks, uh, and and we had, we actually shut down because we did we, we did have a couple kids test positive, and and that so uh, last week we were shut down just as a precautionary measure. Um, and, and so we got three weeks in and it, they're really good weeks. Um, and we got a lot in, uh, but you know, we're, we're looking to start back, uh, you know, next week, like everybody else. Yeah. And I know it's come up on, on, on the chat, um, you know, in, in terms of what drills that you, that you did, but, you know, did you ever find yourself in the three weeks? Did you ever get a little stale with your drills? Uh, how did you, how did you find some differentiation or did you just say, We've been off for so long. We're just going to hammer this part right here because we don't know if we're going to get shut down. So I don't want to get too far in and then waste yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm in my mind, like I never had, I never approached it with like, we might get shut down. Like in my mind, like we're going like, dude, we're playing a full season, you know? And, and it's so, so I'm just going to go through like I normally would. Um, and, and as far as the stale thing, like I, it's a, it's a fine line between, because I, I've done both, 
you know, defensive line, it's the, to, to be successful defensive line, it, it's so much repetition, man. And it's, and, and you gotta be really, really uh, technical and you gotta pay attention to the details of the position. Uh, and, and it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, these flashy drills that require a lot of different equipment and things and, and kind of going back to what we were talking about, you know, you get on uh, YouTube or whatever, and, and you find a bunch of flashy looking drills that you want to try to do with your guys. And, um, but I think that you, know, you got to stick with the basics and the fundamentals and, and you can, but within those, you can add some variances to keep it from getting stale. Like for instance, we're going to do stance and start every day. Like we're going to get in a stance and we're going to get off the ball every single day. That doesn't mean that it's going to look the same every single day. We'll incorporate some change of direction. Uh, we'll, we'll do, you know, maybe one day we'll do one legged stance and starts where they, they, they bring up their, their, their inside foot just off the ground. Kind of like, uh, so, so they're, they have one foot off the ground and that just helps with their first step. Um, you know, we may be under the shoot some, uh, you know, there's just all different kinds of things that we can incorporate and into that drill where it's not the exact same every day, but it does. Uh, we are going to do stance and starts every single day. Um, but you know, we, we didn't get to the point where it was getting stale. I think a big reason was just because the kids were so excited to be back out there. And, and so was I, um, and, and but but I think just adding little variances into your drills uh, can can kind of help with the uh, the staleness. Uh, but I, I definitely think that you you want to stay true to yourself and stay true to what you're trying to accomplish, uh, and not get too too you know too fancy and and too um, you know uh, just just over the top with some of this some of this stuff. I mean, I, you can do a lot with just just guy you know just, with just bodies. So yeah. Uh, I'm with you, man. You know, and I, I, I try to subscribe to, you know, the Bruce Lee school of thought, right. In that you don't, you're not going to fear the guy that has practiced a thousand different moves. One time you're going to fear the guy that's practiced one, two, maybe three things a thousand times because those things are done right. Not to be perfect, but to the point where you can't mess it up. Um, right. and, I, and, and that goes back to what you're saying about repetition. Like, I, I think I've, I've loved, I don't remember where I heard it. Right. But, you know, for the longest, it was practice to you, to you get it right. Right. Practice till it's perfect. Well, it might be actually perfect just that one time, you know, but yeah. if you practice until you can't mess it up or until it just becomes automatic, um, you know, it, that's where we need it. That's where, uh, at least for, for me, you know, that's where I want my guys to get to. So, you know, like, I noticed that coming to Hendrickson, we, we need to do a better job of shooting our hands coming out of our stance. So this whole, you know, this whole summertime, it's come out of your stance and you shoot your hands. Like every time I don't see you not shooting your hands, you know, you got to restart it. Um, just, you know, and yeah, it's great because it's a little extra, you know, conditioning in the summertime in a short little five yard uh, bag drill, but we're practicing a necessary deal because you know, as well as I do, man, if we're not shooting our hands first, there's a good chance that we're going to get beat regardless of how talented we are, you know, cause we're going to lose the leverage battle. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. So man, uh, you know, one of the other things that's interesting about you just to switch gears is, is you're kind of the unicorn as, as a coach, right? You taught English for 10 years. Um, yeah. how did you, so is that your major, uh, and, and and why? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. So here the story is, is I, when I was in college, uh, it was like my sophomore year when I decided that I wanted to coach. And I was talking with my advisor and I said, Hey, I want to coach. And, um, uh, and I said, you know, what, what are your, what's your advice? And I, and I said, I think I want to do, I want to do history or, you know, social studies or, or, or English because, and the reason why I said English is because I'd always done well in my English classes. Um, you know, I can, I can, you know, if I have the, the, the choice between a multiple choice test uh, and an essay test, I'm choosing the essay test. Cause I can, I can write my way out of most things and make up enough stuff to make it sound good. And, um, and, and so that's, that's what I'm choosing. And so I was like, Hey, you know, English or social studies He said, well, you do what you want. I mean, I, you can go either way. He said, but I think if you were to go the English route, you're probably always going to be able to find a job. And, and so I, that's what I did. And I struggled through British lit and American lit and, creative writing and let me tell you there ain't any other football coaches in those classes it's me and a bunch of nerds and a bunch of hippies and <laughs> no one to like you know diagram plays with on our notebook during a lecture or anything i mean it's just me there and um with a bunch of you know just just weirdos no offense uh, to anybody who happens to be listening who was in those classes with me but um and, and so it, it was a struggle man i mean i i but i but i did it and then he was right. Uh, it's always been easy finding a job. Um, my first, uh, my first coaching job, uh, I was, I was, I was teaching uh, English, and because uh, they had an English, they had an English job open. That was, I think, the only job, about the only job they had, teaching job they had open that year, and so it worked out for me. And uh, and then, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's always been a. Uh, I've always been the, the brunt of a lot of jokes in the, in the coach's office because, uh, because of that. And, um, it, it I, I don't, I'm not teaching English currently, which, which, which is also awesome. I, I didn't, I was, I was, you know, that was a, definitely a perk of, of moving over here. Um, but, uh, it, I, I, I enjoyed it and I know it sounds weird, but I did enjoy it. And, and I, it's, it's benefited me because, uh, I can, you know, um, I, I can, send out an email and, and be pretty confident in my grammar and sentence structure and that I'm not going to sound like an idiot. And I've helped a lot of coaches, you know, word some emails and, and clean up some stuff and, and, and type up some resumes and things like that. So it's definitely had its, its benefits, but also, uh, you know, coaches don't want to hear you correct their, their, uh, their, their, <laughs> so uh, it's, it, I, I've been the, uh, like I said, I've been the brunt of a lot of jokes and that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I kind of have an idea how you feel, you know, and that I, I was, I had a minor in, oh, I have a minor in Spanish and, and it was always just me and there was no other, and, and I didn't want to, I didn't know that I was going to coach in college. Um, you know, I was trying to go be a sports agent, go be like the next Drew Rosenhaus. And yeah. you know, th that, that was a complete flop. Um, cause I, I thought, well, I need to get it. I need to get into law school, um, and, and, you know, have a law degree and that'll help me with negotiation. So that was my, that was my plan until I sat down and uh, bombed the LSAT twice, which is to me the hardest test that I've ever taken. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you do your, I, I was the one, um, they say, hey, uh, can you create the pronunciation guide uh, for this visiting team? Cause they don't know how to say certain players' last names or, you know, I, I'm the one uh, they, they're, whoever it is, Hey, can you come translate, uh, 
can you come translate this or can you can you get on this call with this parent um you know it's, it's kind of a gift and a curse thing yeah, uh, yeah. No like you say you get a job but then you also get other jobs oh yeah uh, but yeah. you know you you've also uh your english is is your english degree has helped you because you've written several things where did where did the desire to write articles come from uh and what what prompted you to do so yeah i mean i would say it's probably the same desire I mean, it stems from the same thing that caused me to start a podcast um i realized like i liked doing it uh and i wanted to help coaches and i felt like i picked up some things along the way that i thought were worth sharing uh none of that stuff is a you know any, nothing i've ever written is original to me um, but it's just stuff that I've observed or picked up from, from coaches along the way. And so I just started writing and I kind of just, like I said, this was before I had the podcast, I started a blog and, and would just, you know, write stuff periodically. And then, uh, I think I was, you know, you get Texas coaching in the, in the, uh, in the mail every month. And, and I, I think I was just looking through it and I saw that you could submit articles and I was like, Oh, okay. And I, at that time I had a bunch of, of football articles, you know, from my blog and, and, uh, you know, they hadn't seen you know, not many people had read them. I was pretty confident. So uh, I, I submitted a few of those and then I started, I, I wrote a couple more and, and sent them, uh, sent them in. And, but yeah, just the same thing. Just, just wanting to, uh, you know, put myself out there some and, and, you know, share some things that I picked up from, you know, from other coaches with other coaches. And, and uh, you know, it's a little nerve wracking because you know that, you know, someone, some coach who knows more than you is going to be reading this, you know, and you don't want to sound like an idiot. You want to make sure you sound, you know, the things you're saying make sense. And, and so that's a little nerve wracking, but again, it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. I think you just, you can't be scared to put yourself out there. And, you know, sometimes I would get some feedback that was a little, uh, you know, maybe people disagree with some things that I said or whatever, but that just comes with it. Um, and I would say the feedback for the most part was always positive And that was, that was cool. I just, it wasn't as fun for me, uh, you know, it's more fun talking with coaches. And, and so that's why I enjoy the podcast more, but yeah, the writing stuff was, uh, was, and it's something I still do, uh, still do it, but just not as much. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I, I, you know, I've heard you talk about on your podcast is you're, you're an avid reader. Um, and you, you do a lot of, uh, nonfiction stuff. What are, what are some things that you're, um, currently reading and what are you, what are you looking to possibly read, uh, you know, and maybe you won't be able to read as much if we're a, if we're blessed to play a season. But uh, yeah. you know, looking looking, you know, maybe back into November, December. Uh, you know, if you guys are not still playing, which uh, I wish you guys all the best. Uh, you know, if we're able to play, you guys play as long as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, well, right now, you know, I'm always reading something like, and, and it, some some books I go through faster than others, or sometimes. You know, uh, I'll get through a, a couple of books pretty fast. I, I say that I'm always reading or listening, you know, maybe on Audible or something, listening to something. So uh, right now I'm, I'm reading a, a book called Flags of Our Fathers. Uh, it's about um, the Iwo Jima invasion. And it's it's about that that iconic picture of the flag raising on uh, Mount Suribachi at Iwo Jima. And it was written uh, by one of the by a son of one of those flag raisers. And it's the story is told from this perspective of those six guys who raised that flag. And it's really, uh, it's just an unbelievable story. And I would, I would recommend it to, to anybody, uh, coach or not. Uh, it's, it's very simple to read, very straightforward, but, 
very uh, sobering to think about uh, the things that that young men younger than myself, uh, in most cases, a lot younger than myself, um, uh, did and, and, and the, the things that they did and, and uh, endured to, to so so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have. Today. And so uh, I, I'm probably about three quarters of the way through with that. And, and that's been a really good book and really enjoyed that one. Uh, uh, kind of what I'm looking forward to reading is, you know, I've, I've read a lot of uh, Joshua Medcalf stuff, you know, chop wood, carry water, uh, pound the stone, uh, burn your goals, those, those, those books. And, and he uh, just released another book, I think this week uh, with another, with another author, uh, with a co-author there and they, they just wrote a book um, that, that I'm looking forward to, to getting my hands on and reading because that's I've always enjoyed those books they're really simple uh, but but pretty profound and, and they've affected uh, or impacted the way that I coach now and and uh, so those are some books that I enjoy but yeah I like the nonfiction stuff I don't you know I just don't really have I mean my time is, is kind of you know precious like I don't have I mean, like all of us you know and I don't have just a whole, a whole lot of spare time so I really don't have a whole lot of time for made up stories. Like, sorry, you know, if it didn't happen for, you know, if it's not a something that I can take and apply in the coaching or, you know, something like that, then I really don't have time for it. So I usually gravitate towards, uh, you know, leadership books or, uh, I love biographies. Um, I mentioned on my podcast, I, you know, I read the, uh, the David, the David Goggins book, you know, can't hurt me uh, a couple months ago. I love that. Um, and, and also read uh, kind of at the beginning of the summer, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. So uh, that's just a, you know, example of some, some things that I, that I like reading. Yeah. You know, and I'm with you. I, I've never actually been an avid reader, but I do feel like I've, I've, I've pushed myself to, to do more of that, um, you know, and um, I'm going to be embarking on, a, on kind of a, a mental toughness uh, challenge. Um, it's uh, the the 75 hard uh, from Andy Frischilla, who's the uh, co-founder of First Form Supplements. Um, he he has a really interesting podcast um, uh, called The Real AF, and and this program is is 75 days straight of five simple tasks every day. Um, you have to drink a gallon of water every day. You have to read 10 pages. Um, he's an entrepreneur. So he says 10 pages of an entre entrepreneurial book or some kind of, uh, leadership or self-help. Uh, but you have, it has to be a physical book. Can't do audio. Um, you have to take a progress pick every day. Uh, and, and whatever your diet is, there's no cheating on the diet. Um, so no cheat meals, no alcohol, uh, nothing like that. Um, and, and, and you know, he talks about it and, and it's just, the, the great it's great you're going to lose weight right you're going to get better but ultimately what it is is it's shaping your mind to do simple tasks on a routine basis and i think that's such a profound thing because you know we, we talked about earlier about how to be a successful defense alignment takes reps upon reps um and it's doing the the same stuff over and over you do it with a slight twist uh you know or you just say look guys today we got to go back to six point explosion um, because we're just not, we're not uncoiling the hips or we got to go back to, uh, you know, talking through the, our gaps in alignment assignment because we just had too many busts this past week kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so one of those things that is about reading is I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start getting after it. So I've, I've got a collection of books, um, 
that I've either stopped and started to read or I haven't read in a while. Um, but I, I'm excited to start that and really kind of push myself to read more. And, you know, just the thing, the, the ones that you've talked about are, are definitely on the list. Um, all three of them that you just mentioned um, down the line, of course, you know, right now I need to, I need to read what I already have. I don't need to add to the collection of unread yet, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I, and I, and it's, I think the biggest deal is, is, you know, for you and for me and for other people that, that we talk to on a regular basis, it's, that continued personal growth, um, you know, and, and the other thing that, uh, that, that helps or, or that, that can never stop is, is, you know, that personal growth in your faith. And, and, um, we'll kind of finish on this part is, is how do you balance all of that? Cause that's such a, it's a tall task to be, to be a coach in general, a teacher, but then, you know, you add in, having a family and, and, you know, trying to balance all that, but also making sure that you keep your priorities in line. Yeah. That's a, first of all, uh, I don't think that you can balance. Um, I think that, you know, if, if you are a, a person of faith, then that's going to transcend into everything that you do. And that's not just going to be like another compartment of your life. Like, yeah, I like to read. Yeah. I like to hunt. Yeah. I like to fish, I like to golf. I also am a Christian, you know, like I, I think that, you know, your faith is, is, you know, is goes through all of that. And, and so uh, as far as, you know, how do you find balance and, and make time for those things? Look, one thing that really convicted me was, um, you know, I, uh, I am, I do, I, I make it a point to, to work out, uh, every day and we'll usually work, wake up, you know, early, uh, when we're in school, uh, or when, when, when we're not, you know, shut down and stuff to wake up early, to go up to the, to the field, to the weight room and work out. Um, but sometimes I, I realized that I wasn't doing this, making the same sacrifices when it came time to, you know, came down to spending time with God. And, and so that really convicted me like, man, I'll wake up you know, an hour earlier than I have to, to go do that. But then I get down to the end of the day and, and I haven't done a whole lot in my, in regards to my relationship with God. And so, uh, so what that means is, all right, so I wake up 15 minutes extra early and, and spend those first 15 minutes, you know, a cup of coffee and, you know, read my Bible or praying or something. And um, has that been 100%? No, it hadn't. Uh, some days and, and there are even some, some weeks that go by that, that I kind of I, I kind of skip on that or, or, or lapse on that, uh, but I think you just make that a pro priority and and you know have the understanding that that's that's the reason that's the most important thing and that's that's why I do everything that I do and so then then it, it just kind of it comes through in, in everything that you do and the way that you coach the way that you raise your kids the way that you you know handle the relationship with your wife and so I think sometimes we get trapped in this balance thing and think how do I balance all this well I, I think that's you know, that, that can, maybe that's the wrong approach to have instead of, you know, trying to find balance, just make that the top priority and then everything else falls into place. And that's really easy to say, and it's a lot harder to do. And I'm here to say that I, I, I don't do a good job of that a lot of the time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have all that figured out, but that's, that's, I, I, that's my struggle. Uh, and, and so, like I said, it's a lot easier to say that, but to live it, it's, it's, it's much more difficult. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you 100% on that. You know, I think you're right. Um, phrasing it that way in terms of how to balance uh, is, is probably not the best way. Um, and obviously, 
you know, if, if we were to look at, uh, if we were to look at life, you know, kind of in a pyramid standpoint, um, you know, the, the, the base is the strongest part. Well, if, if faith is at the bottom and in terms of holding you up and, and, and it's, and you're stronger in your faith, the rest of it kind of falls into place on, on top of it. Or, you know, you know, if you're, if you're talking about a scale, right. Uh, and faith is, is the middle piece, um, that that's going to balance out the other two more than, uh, more than, you know, if, if it was one of the sides of a scale versus being in the middle, um, you know, cause, cause family and, and football, uh, you know, sometimes one or the other is going to take, take precedent. Um, and unfortunately, we, you know, we, we don't want it, we don't want it to be at the risk of, uh, of problems for either one. But, uh, I, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, when you walk off the field, your family doesn't care what the score was or whatnot. They're, 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 they're there to, to pick you up in, in the losses and celebrate you in the wins, uh, much the same way that, that, you know, God is there to, to, to help you through the tougher times. And, you know, at the same time, if you, if you win great, if you lose great, he's there anyway. And, and like you said, you know, he's the one that gives us all the opportunities. Um, so, so spending a little extra time just to give him, um, is definitely something that, that I think we can all do. And certainly, like you said, it's, it's easier said than done, but, uh, you know, uh, one of the coaches told me, you know, he's, he's the guy that died on the cross for you. Um, you know, you, you can't say that you can't find 10 minutes to, uh, to just give him some praise. Yeah, no doubt. And, it, and for me, it's, it's, it's much easier, uh, or better if I, if I do that starting out my day than trying to, it's the same thing with working out. If I, if I put working out off until the end of the day, it's not going to get done. It just isn't. And I can say it and it's, but it's not going to happen. And the same thing with, with my quiet time. Like if I just, you know, Hey, I'm going to do it before I go to bed. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to be too tired or I'm going to come up with an excuse or whatever. So it's just time, like what you were talking about with that book. I mean, you have to schedule in discipline in your life. It doesn't just happen. And sometimes that stuff's, not enjoyable. It's not necessarily enjoyable waking up early, but the benefits of that far outweigh the the drawbacks. And so you have to you have to schedule in discipline every day if you want to be a disciplined person. You can't just wish to be disciplined and it all, it just happened. Uh, you have to make that. Uh, you have to make a concert, concerted effort to do that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, well, man. It's been awesome to uh, to have you on. You know, the one last thing we we had talked about it way back um you know you guys you guys just i guess recently kind of through the uh through the jump man on the uniforms what was that like uh how did that come about and, and who who was probably more excited the coaches or the the kids you know because because you and i are in our 30s right and so we grew up watching what the greatest basketball in my opinion the greatest basketball player oh yeah uh, no doubt. so yeah. So, so having that I, to, to us still, still is a big deal. And I think it's still a big deal to the kids, but you know, it's one of those things where if the coaches got a little more hyped, it wouldn't surprise me. Oh, uh, well, so the, the, I'll give the, uh, kind of, the, I guess the quick version of the story or, or whatever, but it actually happened before I got there. But, uh, when I was talking with our head coach, uh, Josh Gibson about this job, um, he kind of told me the story about how, how all of that happened. Um, you know, they, they, uh, 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 he, he, Josh is, 
um, he is the ultimate salesman. And that sounds like a bad thing when I say that, like, cause people cringe at the sound of a salesman, but I mean, he, uh, he, he can, he can hype up things and, and he knows how to get what he wants. And again, that's a great thing. And he, he, he doesn't walk over people to do it. Um, but he, um, he brokered that deal with Nike and, and we get a lot of, we get a lot of great stuff because of it and, and benefit a lot from that. And a lot of that's just because of the success we've had here and, 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 uh, you know, his, his charisma and his, uh, his attitude and, and, and all of that. So, um, all the credit goes to, to him and, and the, the program that he's built at, at Pleasant Grove, uh, to kind of attract that attention, uh, from Nike. But yeah, uh, we found out, um, in the early on in the off season that we were going to be going to, to, to the Air Jordan stuff. And I think we're one of the, one of only like, I don't know, uh, le- less than 20 programs in the nation that can do that with football because they don't just let you just order football stuff, you know, that's, that's jump, man. I mean, it, it, you have to be approved. And so, um, you know, that's, that's a, pr- a pretty big deal. So I don't know how it's going to work with, with all the COVID stuff, but you know, we're supposed to get one jump man uniform this year. And, and, uh, I think they kind of, we, we can't just wear it on any game. I think it has to be sort of, uh, you know, big time games, which we're going to play a bunch. Again, if we get to play, we're going to play a bunch of big time games to start off the year. We're playing Argyle, uh, at home. We're playing Carthage again at home. Uh, we're playing, uh, you know, Paris, who's always tough. We're playing Silsby, who was in the final four last year. Uh, so we got a bunch of big games and of course our district games, you know, with Gilmer and, uh, you know, some of those other guys. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely exciting and, and we're, it's, it's, uh, the coaches are excited about the gear that, that, you know, that's coming. And, uh, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of fun and, and fun to be a part of a program where, uh, you know, that, that you know, is recognized for its, for, for the, for its accomplishments and things that it's been able to, to, to get done. And so that's, a, that's a cool thing. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, you know, coach, I, I again, I, I really appreciate you for taking the time out and, uh, and talking with me and, and man, you just keep on, keep on doing the great stuff, uh, with your podcast and, and, you know, I wish you guys all the, all the success, uh, down the road this season and, and, uh, you know, I really appreciate you for uh, for taking me under your wing, whether you know it or not, and, and kind of showing me how to how to make this better for for me and, and for everybody else. Well, Coach, I appreciate it, uh, and and thank you so much for all that you've done for uh, not just defensive line, but just all coaches. I mean, I, you are a a, a a great coach and, and doing a, some awesome things with the chats and with with this podcast, and and uh, I really appreciate it and appreciate you having me on. No problem, man. No problem. I'm just, you know, trying to trying to leave this game better than I found it and and give back. You know, I think that's that's probably a, a shared sentiment for for all coaches is we're in this because somebody influenced us. So we want to be we want to pay it forward and be an influence to somebody else, whether it's uh, now or, or later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really hope you enjoyed today's episode. It just so happens that today's episode is being recorded and released on November 3rd, Election Day. No matter what happens after today's election, it's not about who wins. It's about how we treat each other. And I know in my conversations with Coach Taylor, we talk a lot about how we treat each other, how we coach our kids, how we want to be seen 
in, in terms of perspective and perception uh, by other coaches in the fraternity as far as how well we coach our kids. How you want to be perceived and how you want to be known is a reflection of what you do both on the field and off, on social media and, and other things, as well as uh, what shows up on film every day. Ultimately, you got to keep your pads down, or in this case, keep your head down, keep grinding, do your best, show up every day, clock in, do your work, clock out, go home, and make sure that you're taking care of business.